Hey guys, welcome to For The Record episode number 92. Okay, a couple quick announcements. Uh, we've got a couple different sponsors for the show today. Uh, this is uh, this episode is sponsored by the lovely, as always, Audible.com, your premier source for all audiobook needs with over 180,000 titles amidst numerous genres to select from. Um, it's an incredibly great program. I can't speak more highly of it. And I'm, I really am not just saying that. I, I am an avid reader, and to have another medium um, is really 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 awesome so to sign up um, and get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial visit audibletrial.com slash shameless promo once again audibletrial.com slash shameless promo we're also sponsored this month by the awesome or this week by the awesome vinyl me please the best damn record club of the month basically you sign up each month and vinyl me please will send you a new lp that's essential to your record collection complete with um they throw in a couple little extras too like limited edition album artwork album prints and um, you even get a custom cocktail recipe tailored to the album, which um, is, I think that's a nice little touch. Uh, to sign up, visit joinvmp.com slash for the record. Once again, joinvmp.com slash for the record. Okay, so I'm really stoked for today's episode. This was recorded back at the end of April. Um, I, I, that whole month was such a blur because I went and was doing Silicon Valley Comic Con, so there really wasn't time to think about it, but I drove straight from, um, basically san jose california all the way to berkeley in rush hour traffic at like the worst possible time but i made it just just barely on time and it was it was awesome this is frank carter um frank was the lead vocalist for a hardcore punk band called gallows uh you may have seen them on the vans warp tour a few years ago when they played and i talked to frank a little bit about the really funny first time that i saw them perform it's still one of my favorite You'll hear more in a minute, but one of my favorite show intros to this very day. Um, since then, Frank has gone on to pursue an incredible new solo venture and was currently out on the road when we recorded this supporting his newest record, Modern Ruin. We're going to tag on the track from the album Vampires at the end of the episode, and I highly recommend you guys go and buy the album on iTunes or wherever you get your records, um, stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, um, or whatever your streaming platform is, but definitely check it out. Um, it's a record that's well worth your time. Uh, and might I say, he was so badass live. Like, that was awesome. That show that he played right after we recorded this was incredible. But this was recorded, like I said, at the end of April. It was a couple of hours before Frank took the stage at 924 Gilman Street, which is an infamous punk club in Berkeley, California. I've seen some of the coolest shows there, and Frank was definitely no exception to this. He did a, a tremendously awesome job um so without further ado here's episode 92 of for the record with the awesome frank carter enjoy
have talking points and ideas and things like that, but it's very much just a conversation for like about twenty to thirty minutes. So okay. it's, yeah, so it's nothing, no Sweet. video cameras or anything Let's like that. <laughs> um, well, I guess one of the things I wanted to start with that I, if there's ever like a, a moment where there's an artist that I've heard of or I know, I'll kind of think back to like this is the first time I ever saw you, and I think you gave one of my favorite warp tour performances or intros ever. Okay, there was. It was in like 2009 in Sacramento, and it was with Gallows. And so we, yeah. I was parked at a tent all day. So you hear every band go out and be like, "What's up, Sacramento? Or what's up, whatever?" And it was really fun. And then yeah. you run out, and then the only thing you say, there's no hi, there's no what's up, guys. How the fuck do you people live out here? Yeah. And then you started the set, and it was the coolest thing yeah. ever. Sounds like you got a pretty mild one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that did. Well, all of us complained. We were just like, "Fuck, it's so hot out." Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was. I just like, and the whole thing was just on concrete, so yeah, yeah. there was no place for the heat to go. No, I, I remember playing in uh, in Phoenix on that tour. Oh and, my god! Uh, yeah, and we played. We we were on at eleven a.m. Oh no! And it was just so hot that I the, the the soles of my shoes were melting. Oh my god! And then I and then I got back on the I. Played the whole set from in the crowd, which there wasn't one. It was 11 a.m. <laughs> and I like poured water over my head to try and cool myself down, and that's like the worst thing you can do in yeah. the heat because the sun just like it just cooks it. you. Yeah, and yeah. So I remember like getting back on the bus and being freezing cold. And yeah. Thinking like, what's going on? Like I am, and my body had just gone into shy. I had heat stroke, <laughs> oh and I was God. just super sick for like four days after that. Yeah. And I was thinking, where are we that we can't just I can't just go and stand in the sun and have us, you know, like back home. It was, yeah. So that was that was my like that was the beginning. By the end of the tour, like you know, we were playing. I think we played Florida, and I remember getting off the bus and like you could eat the air. Yeah, it was, it was just disgusting. Just, it was just so hot and humid. I remember taking a circle pit. We they set us up one day next to a slip and slide, and oh I was like, God. I was like, fuck it, let's do this. And, <laughs> So I just did a circle pit for a slip and slide. I remember that guy, guy just being there, like, trying to take dollars off people at the end. I was like, <laughs> not happening, bro. Like, it's done. <laughs> it's, you oh, know. my God. Yeah. I remember when they had that slip and slide out. I think they put it out in, like, San Diego was one of the other days that they'd done it. But, yeah, that tour is not for the week. Like, no. it is really not. It certainly is not, yeah. Do you think you'd ever do it again under the moniker uh, that you have mm. going right now? Yeah, I think we would. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think we would. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to th figure out, like, how. <laughs> Maybe if I had, like, you know, like, Egyptian-type dudes walking around with giant palm leaves fanning me. And you cooling you down shit, for the I don't day. Know. Like, no, I, I would... I love that. I love that festival. Yeah. You know, like, it, I have some of my fondest memories of touring happened on that tour but also some of my worst memories of touring yeah. happened on that tour as well so it's definitely like it's not for the faint hearted and it's quite a it's a trial by fire for sure yeah if you've never done it before yeah so yeah yeah never say never you know i, I definitely i would be keen to do it maybe we'd just tap in for a week or two. yeah you could do it that, that's what's cool like, about that festival yeah. and the way that it's set up you can have they can put out this massive lineup with all these different things. And a lot of them do the full thing because mm. they have to have that. But then you look and there's some, there will be some names that are on there and they're just only, they do a little 
instead yeah. for like a week or so and it's kind of cool because you can jump in and hit markets you've maybe never hit before or be like yeah we've got a tour but we've got this week free so it yeah. lines up with the tour so it's yeah cool. that, i always like the, the the older the old boys the old guard they <laughs> they kind of know how to do it you yeah no effects and i think bound to lose it needs to just do the whole thing but no effects definitely one time we were on they they hit like most of the east coast and most of the west coast and i yeah. think it's kind of like you know Take that sea breeze, <laughs> you know where you can where you can get it, and um, that was, that was like a cool that was a cool thing. I remember I remember back then thinking you pussy, like, yeah, <laughs> you, you, I'm, I'm out here slaving away getting heat stroke in Phoenix and you're all, but I I get it now. Like I mean yeah. I'm I'm you know I'm a, I'm 32 now. Like this I've been doing this for a long time and yeah, um, I don't recover as quick as I used to. So I I can. I can appreciate why you would step on and off of a tour like that. Oh, yeah. And also, I've got a kid now, you know? Oh, so, yeah, so that's... So eight weeks is a long time to be away. Uh -huh. I, I don't think I'd ever do the whole thing. I yeah. Just couldn't, you know? It's difficult. I mean, yeah. I think I remember uh, Kevin Lyman said, and I this is, this is probably a horrible misquote, but it was like he had had his kid, his first daughter, I think like three years into the tour being in order, yeah. and so he said, I'm just going to take... I'm not. I'm gonna take a week off and I'm gonna do this, and then in one day, like everything went to shit. And they said you need to get back here now. Yeah. And his wife was like, "Yeah, just go. You're fine." Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. That's yeah. Um, how old were you when you started Gallows? When that when that kind of um, started with with touring was and was that the first like touring group you yeah been in? Okay, so that yeah, was yeah. okay. That's what Pro I thought. properly like. I mean, I'd been in bands and we'd done like a bit here and there. But yeah. That was the first time I'd been in a band that toured ex like extensively. Yeah. And um, but we went from, you know, playing tiny little bars in in like Hull and Grim, like you know the kind of, the very ends of the United Kingdom, um, to almost overnight being like a worldwide touring band. You know, we I think in. We released our first record in two thousand five. And it kind of got re-released in 2006 or 2007 when we, yeah. when we signed a major deal. And I remember being like, 2006, things were kind of picking up. They were, I was noticing that we were like, not playing in Hull anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy type thing. <laughs> and, uh, and then the 2007 was when it went crazy. We did like, we did Warp Tour. And I can't remember whether it was off the back of that or just before it we did Taste of Chaos as well and it was oh shit sure. and that was like mad you know we, we we did we flew out to New Zealand Australia Japan and then back into Europe and we almost made the whole tour but my brother got like pneumonia in, in oh god yeah somewhere in Europe uh, in Austria or somewhere and he was really sick so we had to kind of bail on that but yeah that's kind of the way it goes with us we, we go out with our best intentions we play we would play with our hearts on our sleeves and you know with the ferocity of kind of a hundred mile an hour car crash and yeah and quite often there were victims and quite often it was us you know <laughs> so we 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 I, I don't know we probably made like maybe 80 percent of tours we actually finished <laughs> you know, was, which is that's still a pretty I'm still a good success rate <laughs> considering considering what we do on tour or what we were doing back then on tour yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good going. Yeah, so. you guys were, I mean, you guys were aggressive when I saw you guys. But it was so fun, and it was, like, so just yeah. chaotic and fun to watch. But yeah. going into doing a, a solo project like this, was there, 
I often ask solo artists that had previously been in bands and had done stuff, what, I guess, were some of the key things that you took away from being in a band and then applying that to your own project, whether that's with writing music, whether that's with touring? Um, mm. I guess, what, what were some of the, the, I guess, maybe not necessarily the lessons, but just some of the ideas and things that you could reflect on after the fact? Yeah, the key thing was that I'm just not very good with people. <laughs> So I don't think many mostly, of us are. <laughs> yeah, so mostly it was like finding. I needed to find people that I was, that were cool, you know, that, yeah. that were yeah. relaxed and could tour the way that I wanted to tour, which isn't for everybody. Um, and so, like you know, this is kind of a, it's a half of a solo project, but it's really like it's my kind of Nick Cave in the Bad Seat, you know. Okay, it's, for it's sure. A, it's a band for real, but yeah. I'm just also trying to establish myself as an artist, so. The band is really me and Dean Richardson, the guitarist, cool. and um, and then the other guy is like Tank, who plays bass. He he was our guitar tech and our driver for a little while. And hmm. when our bass player, a guy called Thomas Michener, when he decided that he just wanted to focus on production, he he did both of our records. He produced oh, both cool. our albums. When he decided that he wanted to to go and work just in his studio, um, Tank was like the the natural person to step into the fray, you know. And then our drummer is a guy called Gaz Grover, Gareth, and he he was in bands that I used to go and see when I was growing up. Nice, you know. So he's like a drummer that I used to go and see at the local rugby club or whatever. And <laughs> I just always loved his style and just the fact he was he's a straight up like heavy hitting groove drummer. Yeah, you know, once he's in, he's in, and everyone kind of falls in with him. He, <laughs> he's almost the leader in a way, and so. Um, yeah, I think that I think a lot of the things I took away were like making sure that I had the right people around me, um, because a lot of the times, like when you when you start a band, you don't ever expect it to get massive. You know, you yeah. don't. You just you you start a band because you like playing music, and um, quite often you're you're doing that with people that just whoever's around at the time, and sometimes you you know you're gonna have clashes of personality and gallows just full of. Like we, yeah. you know, on paper, none of us should have got on probably, <laughs> but we, we managed to hold it together for as many years as we could. And then it kind of, we hit a few walls that were just too big for us all to climb together. So I, I, yeah. I climbed the wall on my own and left them behind the wall <laughs> yes. or something like that. Depends which side of the yeah. wall you're on, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But I know we're all still friends. Like they're good dudes. That's good. Um, and they, you know, they carried on, they got, they got weighed in and he, he did a great job. So. I just, for me, it was like, it's time to move on and just do, kind of cut my own path. Yeah, know? and it's like, when you look, I mean, there are, there are a lot of bands where you look at them and you, like you said, on paper, you should, you yeah. technically should not match up, and then they carry on, and some still manage to do it, but then mm. it's just like, it's not that people, it's, it's not that the music isn't good or anything like that, it's just that there's people just work differently and in yeah. different ways and at first it can look really cool but it, it's it's like a relationship in a way like it's to, it's like a marriage if you yeah. want to get it like super deep because you're living with each other well for, it's like your third yeah. divorce really you yeah. know like it's like you've been through the war yeah plenty of times <laughs> and you know what is exactly what you can lose and it's 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 tough it's it's an ongoing thing and and obviously, like as people, we all change constantly. We're always changing. So yeah. you're also dealing with that. You're dealing with the fact that everybody is changing constantly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, what people want becomes very different from what other people want. Oh, yeah. And it's the balance of that. 
Definitely. at all times. Yeah. So I've tried to eliminate that by just having the band as me and Dean, <laughs> and then everybody else can change around us. For and, sure. And hopefully, like, we'll be able to hang in there to get to a third album. That was always what this band was about. It was about album three. When we started it, I said to him, like, I have this plan. Uh, it's really, it's fairly considered. Whatever happens, you have to write three albums with me. Like, I don't care if, yeah. if, if after this record, like, you hate my guts. Like, <laughs> you have to do it. That's the deal. Do you want in or not? And he was like, yeah, we can do three albums. That's no problem. But... For me, it's always just—it's always imploded before that point, and yeah. I think you never really can understand a band until they get to that album three. I agree. Like you—you you need that wealth of music. You know, album one is the debut, and it's like the kind of—that's the the explosion, and then album two is kind of like survival of the explosion, yeah. and like understanding the new landscape you're in, and then album three is where you really develop as an artist, and it's where you can begin to have true fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've noticed, like, uh, the one band I always reference when, because I've had the three album talk with people Mm. before, because I completely agree with that. Uh, The band that I've always referenced was a band like Panic at the Disco, who had a first record that was just, here's everything we're inspired by, we're going to put it together and put it out. Nobody knew it was going to blow up the way that it did. And then they did pretty odd which was the like polar opposite of everything that they did they kind of lost some people and then by the third album uh, i think was called vices and virtues their sound had kind of like they said okay here's what worked on the last two here's Mm -hmm. what didn't work we're gonna put that out and here's what we have so Mm -hmm. yeah you need three records i I yeah yeah and the problem that we have is that in in the current climate of music um you know support from record labels is kind of it's kind of dwindling, you know, people yeah. don't buy music and that's not a problem, you know, we're streaming, we're streaming more yeah. music than we ever have, so it's just, it's it's difficult because we live in a digital frontier and, and that's, while that's a really exciting time to be alive, frontier is always also really dangerous, Yeah, <laughs> fairly deadly <laughs> time to be alive and that's what's happening at the minute, it's difficult to, we're learning as we go every, every single day, so um, for me, like, it's it's always interesting. I mean, you know, an artist like Elton John, who's probably one of the greatest songwriters of all time, mm-hmm. he didn't have a hit till like his third or fourth record. Yeah. And you think about that now, and like bands just aren't given that kind of freedom or time yeah. or patience from a record label because what they need is a hit really before you've even got an album. You know, that's yeah. what they expect from you. It's yeah. like, because they you, see money. You, yeah, they, yeah. They, they have to make money. And I, I can understand that, but I don't appreciate it and I don't respect it anymore. So yeah. the, what we're trying to do is something very different where we, we're retaining as much control as possible and um, we're trying to do it on our own. And we've got a great team with us. We've got this this record label. Well, they're a label services company. So yeah. they're everything good about a record label and none of the bad. <laughs> you know, like, you know, one day I will actually own my music again, which is really, really <laughs> lovely. So um, for us, it's you know they do everything that a record label would do, but but they run it all by you, and you decide where what where you spend. That's what, awesome. What. It's a really great model. Yeah. But the problem is there's no big advance. So and yeah. that's always the enticement when you're a young musician. It's mm-hmm. like get a big advance and you can pay your rent for a couple of years, and you might be able to buy a car or something. Um, I luckily for me like. I have a car. <laughs> I have a house now. You know, yeah. like I have. I, I. For me now, it's about trying to be smart, play the long game, and um, and the way to do that is to make things comfortable, 
and in my control so that it doesn't implode and I can get to album three. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> um, with with trying out this with the sound that I heard on album two, which I I listened to that a little while ago, mm. where was there ever any hesitation coming from something or from coming from like hardcore music and coming from that? Was there ever any hesitation with adding in melody and adding in this kind of different style or was it kind of like no i feel comfortable with this i'm excited to do this i never ever hesitate cool. like hesitation is just not in my my remit like that's good <laughs> um music is one of the few things that i'm like pretty confident about like and i'm confident in a way that i've only ever done what i want with music um i just make the records that i want to make and if people like them that's awesome and like, you know, Gallows, people really liked it, got behind it, and it kind of rocketed. Um, Pure Love, we found it a lot harder. It was like back to basics, you know. It was people just, they, it was not what anybody was expecting from me. Mm-hmm. And so in that, in that, there was, it was incredibly humbling. <laughs> and it was quite, quite a brutal sort of drop, you know, a bit of a fall from grace. Yeah. Um, but it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about who I was as a performer and a writer. And, um, and about who I was as a person. And with Rattlesnakes, I've kind of put just, musically it's everything, it's, it's just who I am right now, you know? It's, it's fully inspired by everything that I, I listened to growing up and inspired yeah. by the bands that I've been in in the past and, and inspired about, by like the things that I'm good at and the things that I'm bad at, you know? So it was supposed to be a, a, an incredibly honest and intimate representation of who I am right now. Yeah. And not who I was in the past or who I want to be in the future. It's about who I am right now. And that's like a grown-ass man trying to find his place in the world, <laughs> you know, like the rest of us. I'm just still trying to find out who I am. Yeah. So it's, um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's yeah. a very exciting time to, for me to be alive, I think. Nice. It's, it's like a snapshot in time. It's like that. It's like a, 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 a picture, if, of, if you will. Exactly. Of, of everything that's going on at that moment. In the same way that someone who listens to music gets that same feeling when they're, they can have a song take them back to a certain period. When mm. a musician makes it, it's like, this is everything I was going through at this point in my life. Exactly that. Exactly yeah. that, yeah. Was there any, were there any tracks on Modern Ruin that were maybe a bit harder to uh, put forth? Or did everything kind of come naturally in that process? I am a complicated individual. <laughs> um, so I can walk in the studio and I could do, like if I was having a really good day, I could do an album in a day, I reckon. Really? Like, yeah, I just, um, if I'm having a bad day, I can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, I can't even give you a word. So, and that was kind of the entire process of Modern Ruins. Oh. Like, <laughs> I would go in for a week and I'd be having a bad week, so I just wouldn't do anything. But the difference we had with this was we started putting down vocals on day one. So like I went in, I had like, we did drums with the guy guitars and I just said that was enough for me to, to start because I wanted, what I wanted more than anything was to start putting down vocals early because I always have been left to last and then there's just too much pressure and I just, so this time around I was like, I want to get in there early and it really worked well on Blossom. And so we were recording vocals on day one and, and by like, by like w- the end of week one, we like half the record was in the over half of the record was in the bag, That's and cool. then I was just kind of having fun with it. I was like, well, I think I can go and do another take of this, or I, I you know, I, 
say, I want to try something different on this chorus. And that having that freedom of time to play around with the songs and re-sing them every day was, yeah. was really, really good. Um, so yeah, like there, there was never any hesitation. It was just like pure confidence. Like, and it was a really nice exploration because there are like there's a song on there, the, the song Neon Rust. It's all about kind of my fears for my daughter and the world that she's going to inherit. Yeah. And the delivery of it was pretty tough. We did it in one take, and there's a point in the song where I kind of I start applying pressure and I start getting a bit louder, but I wanted. I knew I I, I kind of the first half of the song was so quiet that I was real I was up close right to the mic so I took a few steps back and you hear it in the song like I step a little bit too far <laughs> and I don't realize because I felt like I was really really giving it but the levels were just out but and so like Mitch at that point kind of hates me because he's like <laughs> the end is like great but I need you to just go in again and we'll reset the level yeah and I was just like nah. Like, yeah, just like, it's just per- it. it's perfect, man. And he's like, "This okay, really?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, like really, like it's perfect. Like, do your best, and I get it, but it's perfect. Like, I don't want to do it again." So, and that's kind of what it, what who I am, you know. It's like I want the record to feel a certain way. I don't really, I never really expect it to sound any way. I just want it to feel a certain way. Yeah. And once I find, once I hear that feeling, then I then I just relax and. And other people are like, it sounds kind of crazy, <laughs> you know. Like, you you sure you want to commit to this? And I'm like, yeah, it feels good. And yeah. Like, but how does it sound? I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a record, you know. It's a, yeah, it's a record. Doesn't matter how it sounds. No, I mean, I think that's a cool approach to do it because I you'll see artists where their their indication. And I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just their indication of this is going to be a great record. Is if like they'll mess with it like by 0.1 decibel on this yeah. snare drum and by this mixer and by this and that and it's like that can equate to a perfect record but mm. I think that if it feels good and if it gives you that it it gives you that feeling that you can't even describe you just kind of know it yeah, exactly. and it gets out what you're trying to say then that makes for the perfect record 100% I yeah. mean for me I've always tried to make classic records records that would stand the test of time and that means you know Try, like no Rattlesnakes record has been recorded to a click like we just go in we play live awesome. like <laughs> nothing's quantified like the whole point of it is to you know like I said before we're living in a digital age and I want to I want to apply as much soul into that format as possible because that's why that's what the records I grew up listening to had you know I was I was listening to Nirvana growing up. That was that was why I wanted to Amazing listen to. Amazing record. Yeah, like and every every record that band released, like I just it's just real. It's just raw and real, and it has power, like nothing you've ever heard. Yeah. You know, even now, and so um, that's kind of always what I'm working towards. It's just like try and capture lightning in a bowl. You know, it's difficult, but hey. Yeah, <laughs> someone's got to do it. Exactly, and you got to and you got to try. You always have to try. Um, these are the last two questions that I ask as a way to kind of wrap up any interview I do with a musician. Cool. Um, the first one is, what kind of message, if you have one, would you like fans to walk away with after listening to your music? Um, what kind of message? There's a lot of messages in the record. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different stuff in in both our records. I think the one thing that like we're really pushing hard at the minute is just 
is that we want our band, whether that's the record, you at home listening to the record, or or like you seeing you know the music videos, or or you seeing us live, like whatever the band means to you, we want it to be a safe place for you, yeah. and that does not matter who you are. Like we want, we want our band to be a safe space for anyone in the world who feels like they don't have one, and you know we do that in different ways. Like we are fully inclusively you know we want to we're accepting of everybody like because everybody's amazing and but we're actively supportive of like a safe environment for women at our shows you know or people that are non-defining of their gem of their gender like because too often they've they've not had uh, a safe space to enjoy a rock concert you know yeah so i think that's the the biggest message at the minute we're trying to push is 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 one of equality for all Definitely. Um, because I think at now it's never been more important. It's never been more needed. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. At so this point in time, and you're playing. I mean, tonight you're playing like the most perfect place for that. Yeah. Have, have you ever yeah. played Gilman before? I've never played there before. Oh, I've, awesome. I've been desperate to play it for a long, long time. Yeah. So I'm, this is. I'm very excited. It's yeah. one of the coolest venues anywhere in the yeah. country, and I'm not just saying that because I'm from here. I'm no, saying because no, I've seen like some of the craziest shows. There. Yeah, it's like the CBGBs of the West. Oh yeah, easily. Like, yeah. Um, I got to see. I mean, I've you can you can see anybody from local bands and the, just like where there's anyone in the crowd. There's just a huge mix of it, and then you can go get like a secret Green Day show or yeah, something yeah. where they just pop up, which is that's awesome. Um, lastly, what does music mean to you? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I've Fuck had that yeah. <laughs> reaction. Save the best to last. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, it's torment. It's utter torment. And <laughs> that's pain, a new one. And pain and suffering, and uh, sorrow and happiness and fulfillment and um, it's beautiful, and it's life saving. It's 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 just incredibly powerful and important to me like it's very important to me it saved my life and it changed my life and um but it, it's it all comes with the price you know you're 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 you know any any artist that wants to be real and wants to like you know sing about things that really matter to them it's rare that that comes from a happy place, you know. You're, mm-hmm. you're you're trying to write about your problems. You're trying to write about the questions that you don't have answers for, and no one can find the answers for you. So, it's a it's a double edged sword, you know. Absolutely. You live, live by the sword, and you die by it. And um, I just hope I can sort of keep a clear enough head to, you know, keep keep going forever. Like Absolutely. I like I said before, you know. I've had I've been in a few bands before this. This isn't my first rodeo, and and both times I was kicked off the horse. So yeah. <laughs> trying to fucking tame this one. For sure, man. We'll see. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, lastly, where can people find uh, find you online? Find the band and uh, pick up the record. Um, the so my Instagram, which is like the that's the kind of key place to find me, is just um, at Frank Carter twenty three. Cool. And then the the band is at and the rattlesnakes, and our website is just and the um, and that's probably the best place to find everything from us. Like we cool. sell all of our music on there, all of our tour dates are up there. There's plenty of information about who we are and what we believe in. Um, but yeah, that's the best place. Perfect. Cool. Right. Thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. It. Pleasure. <laughs>
Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I seriously appreciate it. Uh, you can pick up uh, Frank Hart and the Rattlesnake's new record, Modern Ruin, wherever you get your music today. Um, you can visit the band's website and the rattlesnakes.com. Visit them on Facebook.com slash Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Visit them on Twitter at the Rattlesnakes or on Instagram at and the Rattlesnakes. A lot of rattlesnakes. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.